2: to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating
1: a Con, the story of BitCon. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed.
3: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio. I'm your host, AJ McLean, with my beautiful co-host, Cheryl bear Burke and the Rivian man himself, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Renee Rivian Elizondo.
1: That's it. Uh yeah. My new yeah, name. Yeah. My new name. Hey, can that, I yeah. before we get in jump in, I wanna say something. We took a break right now, right? AJ's making made lunch for his daughter during the break. Okay. That's the kind of guy he is. He's over there like freaking making her lunch in between. <laughs> so
3: you got to do what you got to do. I mean, that's, love it that's, though, bro. You know,
1: love it. You're, you're down to earth.
3: Well, look, mommy's not here. Mommy's with lyric. So I, you know, I got to hold down the fort as well as do a podcast. Yeah. Do interviews. You know, it's, it's, I love it. it's, yeah. Um, I'm excited. About today's episode, Um, you know, this subject of eating disorder, um, you know, is kind of near and dear and close to my chest. Um, You know, uh, she may or may not kill me for saying anything, but you you don't have to
1: say who it is.
3: No, but somebody very, very close to me um, has now joined a program. Uh, which is OA, um, and actually struggled with ED when she was younger, Um, you know, as well as I, my first stint in rehab ever, my first roommate in rehab, a guy was in there for anorexia and I was blown away because I, you know, I was younger then, I was kind of numb to the whole thing and I thought, oh, Anorexia bulimia is only affecting women, not Mm -hmm. men. I had no idea. Um, And since then, I've been schooled, (laughs) and I've learned that that is not the case. Um, So I'm excited to have our guest on today. Uh, She is a life coach, and uh, she has been dealing with the world of ED for quite some time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Amy Utis. Welcome, Hi, Amy. Amy. Hi. Welcome. Thank you uh, My for name is AJ, me. AJ McLean. Yeah. Um,
6: I, I know you,
0: AJ. <laughs> you know, it's just, I'm trying to be formal, informal, you know. Um, yeah.
3: And my beautiful co-host, Cheryl Burke.
0: Hello. Thank Hi, Cheryl. Thank you for being here. Hi. Yeah, and thank you.
3: my esteemed colleague, Renee Elizondo. Welcome. Hi, Welcome. Renee. Hi. We're so really glad Really nice you're to on. meet
6: you all. Yeah. Thank yes. you for Likewise. having me.
3: Uh, So I'm I'm just going to dive right in, Amy. Um, First and foremost, uh, we have something somewhat in common involuntarily. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom is a life coach. Uh, Awesome. She has been doing that for, gosh, I want to say close to almost 15 years now. Um, You know, she was really inspired uh, after my first stint in rehab I've mm-hmm. been three times, and I don't plan on going back um I plan on staying sober that's my that's my goal Love but it. uh yeah, she was inspired, and she uh decided that she wanted to do her part and to give back um to the community uh of you know addicts of all you know walks of life yep. um you know so my first question what what drew you to specifically, uh, the world of eating disorders, ED, um, you know, for anyone that doesn't know your backstory, um, tell Yeah. Us.
6: Yes. I did not choose, uh, anorexia. Anorexia chose us. Um, mm-hmm. I have a daughter who is now 17. She turned 17 last month and, um, right when she turned 13, it gripped her really hard and really fast. So, um, it started with she took a, a CrossFit class that was um, geared towards 12-year-old girls, but they had a, a contest where it was, you know, let's not eat sugar for the week. And so from there, it was a springboard to, you know, if I'm not going to eat candy, then I'm not going to have cookies. I've got no cookies equals no muffins, no muffins equal no bread. Mm-hmm. And um, within a matter of very a few short months, Um She had lost a significant amount of weight, had um, developed uh, an obsession with exercising, was like, you know, lying to me, lying to her dad, getting up in the middle of the night. Um, And this is my, you know, little baby. Um, So uh, we took her in to get assessed for an eating disorder. um, When she, you know, it was the week before she started eighth grade. It was supposed to be a four hour assessment. 20 minutes in, the doctor came and talked to my ex-husband and I, and said, um, "Her heart rate is so low, it could kill her," and she's we're admitting her to the hospital immediately. You know, we didn't go home, Um, so she was actually diagnosed as an anorexic after having been in the hospital for you know
0: four or five days already, Um, and it has been quite a ride ever since. So. What are the uh, trigger signs, I guess, for other parents that also have, you know, daughters around, whether it be the same age or just friends that, um, how do you know when someone has an eating disorder or yeah. who well, is, is struggling through anorexia?
6: I definitely want to make sure that Yeah, I'm not a doctor or an expert, mm-hmm. but, you know, my experience, um, And what I told Avery from the very beginning, and she's okay with me being here, so she's okay with me, you know, um, and she's doing very well, uh, all things considered at this point. Um, But, uh, you know, the first thing that I said to her was, there's not a person alive, basically, that doesn't have a very complicated relationship with food and their bodies. You know, AJ, to your point, I heard you talking about uh, a former roommate. Um, There are a lot more boys impacted by eating disorders than one would think. Yes. But, you know, any sort of, especially for very young women and men, any sort of fixation on food and calories, um, I think is something that a a family really needs to take a a good look at, um, needs to be very aware with constant communication, um, making sure that, you know, there's a fine line between wanting to be healthy for your body and and developing an unhealthy um, fixation on things. You know, I kept Mm. telling her, I'm like, Pizza is made for 13 year olds. Like this is. And <laughs> yeah. 37 year olds. For you. And, and 43 and year olds. Year olds. <laughs> and uh, 58.
3: You know, yeah. No, you know, it's interesting because, you know, um, I have two girls, uh, mm-hmm. eight and four. Um, a little bit of a different, you know, backstory, but, you know, it scared me enough, which is over the last year, year and a half, um, my oldest daughter, uh, she 's had a couple of moments where she choked um, and it terrified her mm-hmm. um, and most recently, um, not even a week ago, uh, it it, it wasn 't really a choke, but she was eating a cookie, and what I tried to explain to her about anything that 's made of dough, dough expands upon moisture. Mm-hmm. So when you eat a cupcake, um, if you're eating cookies, um, you know if you take too big of a bite and then you drink water to wash it down, it's going to expand and it's going to be a bit of a challenge. So it, it essentially a little bit of the cookie got stuck on the roof of her mouth. It didn't actually mm-hmm. go in her throat and get lodged, but it scared her. For the for the next five days, she didn't eat. She dropped almost four pounds. Mm-hmm. She's eight um since then we've been on the uprise uh she's back to eating things are looking good she's you know she's makes it a point I think it's adorable and I think it's a dear you know endearing when I'm out at the studio or I'm somewhere else and she'll send me a video of like her finished bowl of food she's excited to show me and I think it's amazing but at the same time it scared me and I even called Renee I was like dude uh, should I be worried because you know especially gr- younger girls in dance you know competitive yeah. dance yep. um you know a lot of a lo- modeling all yeah. of these things there's this stigma that comes along with it um you know yep. to look a certain way mm-hmm. um you know my my kids are off of social media they don't look at what is the standard quote unquote of what a young girl should look like they don't we don't put that out in our you know household yeah. it's like mm-hmm. if you're curvy if you're skinny that's how the good lord made you that's how you are be just, be comfortable yeah. with who you are but and I, your, your I,
0: girls are dancers as well right so yeah. like they probably are around yeah, that yeah, environment you know. which is difficult but I,
3: i'm just curious because you know when you think of addiction and you think of um the different categories you know whether it's Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. There is OA, Overeaters Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, the the term eating disorder, um, it kind of has a negative stigma sound to it, totally. um, because you hear the word disorder. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it should, you know, that maybe we should maybe ap- approach it differently? If, as far as the you know terminology, if if our kids have an eating disorder should we maybe call it something else so it doesn't scare them do you 100% yeah, yeah
6: i mean <laughs> so many things just have come to mind for me you know um uh we called Avery's eating disorder actually at the beginning um she is a huge uh Golden State Warriors fan, huge Steph Curry fan. And so we called her eating disorder LeBron um, because she said that nice. she hated LeBron James just as a sports <laughs> thing, right? And yeah. and so she, her analogy was like, imagine like the biggest, like meanest man that I don't want in my room yelling at me about what to do. Like that's mm, the right. voice, right? Mm-hmm. And um And so it was a way to kind of, separate the eating disorder from avery mm-hmm. but yeah i mean I, I i mean i'm not exactly sure where eating disorder terminology is going but i know like there's so many body positive communities and you know right. uh, people are talking more about self-love and those kinds of things like i yeah. don't think she's necessarily there yet as a 17 year old but mm-hmm. she definitely doesn't want to be marked as someone who has a disorder
3: and you know? right i mean you but, know. but but like do you see this as something that is like, for example, like all three of us are sober. Um, you know, I myself and Renee, we work a twelve-step program daily because mm-hmm. we have to. That's just how it is for us to stay sober. Do you think, you know, whether it's anorexia or it's bulimia, any type of eating disorder? Do you think it is a lifelong is it thing? Every day work. You know that you have to maintain yeah, to stay, I mean, you know, abstinent from the negative side of it, basically. So far,
6: so far yeah. in her experience. Mm-hmm. And I would say even in my experience as a woman, right? Like I have never been diagnosed with an eating disorder, but I have to have a conversation with myself around certain foods at certain times. It's it's very, I think, it, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's part of being, certainly part of being a yeah. woman, probably part yeah. of being a human. Totally. Um, yeah. I, and, I can relate. Yeah, it's it, there's a voice in your head at all times. And, yeah. you know, um, and it was interesting when we first, when Avery was first diagnosed, you know, she missed her first day of eighth grade. And there, I, my message to her was, you're not the first, unfortunately. You're not going to be the last. Mm-hmm. And we will have a lot of feelings about this, but shame is not going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not going to pretend that you went to horseback riding camp or whatever it is. Like we're going to hit this with our community. And it was fascinating. There were a few women that dropped off of my radar completely. And over the last couple of years, I've seen them at the grocery store at a gas station and they've said, your story reminded me of when I was 14. It reminded Mm -hmm. me of when I was 16. You know, my family ignored this. So, you know, I had to struggle with it by myself or whatever it is. Um, There's so much more
0: access to resources right now but it's still and and also just the entertainment industry in general you know Mm -hmm. for me at least i was called out um in public for being too fat for television Mm -hmm. um and with that obviously to say that i'm healed and that i'm so strong would be a lie like i'm human and every day i am constantly worried about if i've gained a couple pounds Um, Mm -hmm. i'm on dancing with the stars so like we're half naked on that show dancing and in skimpy costumes and then to be called out and in magazines uh, too fat for tv type thing or too fat to be an athlete there's it's constant and i think i definitely do have an unhealthy relationship with food for sure um you know there's times where like i just will stay busy so that i maybe don't eat as much um or like i'm constantly i used to be obsessed with weighing myself i used to travel with a scale Um, it was, it got to the point where now, like, I just don't weigh myself at all because I know Mm -hmm. I'll get really fixated on it. Um, but yeah, I think just being a dancer, doing ballet, for instance, I did ballet from four to 11. My, literally just my hips grew out of this pink tights and so i switched to ballroom yeah. um but like just to have the, the stigma that comes around that comes with dance in general right having to be lean and long and i'm not yep. i'm naturally curvy and i'm short and um it's not really maybe what the ballet world is um used to but as far as i'm concerned i the reason why i left was because of that like i just felt like i didn't fit in so I,
3: things come in small packages share mm-hmm. Cheryl. you're all good on that end yeah Cheryl. I and mean, like sure. to be called Good out in public, for you. you know?
6: Yeah,
7: yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly, I, I you.
6: so difficult. And you know, my child has not had that experience because she hasn't been on that type type of stage. But that's what her brain was telling her, too. Right. So you know, I, I my heart goes out to you in terms of the added pressure of having a thank you bunch of jackass writers who don't know you <laughs> right. putting exactly. that kind of you yeah. know.
0: But it helps to have these conversations, you know, just so that well, you feel like you're not alone, regardless of the age or the gender, it doesn't matter.
1: Cheryl, yeah. first, I love you, Cheryl, for being so open, honestly. Yeah. I, I do like, too, thank I, you. Every time we do a podcast, it's like I become more and more fond of you. So oh, thank me. you for your openness, honestly. These these are things that could be difficult to talk about. You know, I wanted to ask, like, first, Amy, you know, as a parent, sorry you had to, to go through that because there's no... I watched my parents struggle with my addiction and my brother's addiction, right? And and there's very similar... I've been to rehab a few times and there, there were always people there with eating disorder. And I, I realized we're both kind of dealing with the same stuff, right? It, mm-hmm. It's like self esteem, low self-esteem, mm-hmm. uh, what others think of us. Uh, my question to you... Is having gone through this, uh, was there was was there other attempts to talk to her where she sort of say, "You guys are making a big deal out of out of nothing." Which
6: oh
1: like, yeah, <laughs> right? So yeah, because
6: I've got, I this I've got this under control. Mm-hmm.
3: Co- yeah, you guys that are making combative, you know, sensibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, and My, for me, yeah.
1: For me as an addict, alcoholic, same thing. Someone would say, hey, you might be drinking a little too much. And it's like, oh, come on. It's a free mm-hmm, country. Yeah. It's a free country. I could, I'm not hurting anybody. That's where yeah. we default to, right? Mm-hmm. And what I understand is, like for me, it was impossible to get sober until I finally took a good look and, and admitted, wow, things are not good. And and with, with uh, anorexic, I believe... Um, don't they? Uh, maybe not everyone, but they see themselves differently, right? You could say, "Oh my God, you look beautiful," and they what they see in the mirror. I, I think they call it body dysmorphia. Body right? dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yep. What they see is not what we see. Correct. Right? So, how? What was? Was there a tipping point? Was there a day, a specific moment where where you guys just said, "We got to do something about this."
6: Well, I mean her hospitalization was one. Um,
1: what led to the hospitalization?
6: So we, she had dropped a significant amount of weight and it was, she wasn't herself anymore. It was like, okay. there was a, a demon inside of her. You know, I I'm sure that your family experienced no. my 13 year old threw me up against a wall over pasta, you know, and she, she's the sweetest kid on the planet. And yeah. I just knew like there was a sickness going on there. And, um, I remember that night. She said, "You just seem so angry. You seem so angry at me." And I said, "I am furious that this has been handed to you, and I am furious that I can't take it for you, but I can't." And so, um, you know, in terms of getting her the support she needed, she just wasn't physically well enough. We she was in residential treatment twice. Um, She's been hospitalized four or five times. You know, with a feeding tube. Um, We've been out of that piece of her progress Mm -hmm. for for the last like year and a half or so. Um, and just over the past, I think maturity is part of it. I think COVID for our family was a silver lining because I got Mm -hmm. to feed her all day long. She wasn't at school anymore. Mm -hmm. I wasn't at work anymore. So I got to like watch her brain become healthy enough to wrap itself around. Like Mm -hmm. these aren't the best choices for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And now she's, you know, nearly done with her junior year and she's driving. She's got a job. She's had a couple of dates. Awesome. And I think, you know, she finally was like, I don't want to lead with this anymore. I don't want to be yeah. so the girl f- who was sick, you know. There, I mean,
3: um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Because a lot of people then, you know, I mean, look, uh, I can say that I completely relate, you know, and I know that Renee can back me up on this because he's known me for over 20 years. And I've been battling my own shit for over 20 years. And literally the pandemic saved me because, Mm -hmm. you know, I should be, or should have been back on tour, back on the road where usually, you know, I would use touring as my scapegoat where, well, I'm not at home. I'm not around Mm -hmm. anybody that, you know, I can do whatever the hell I want as long as I don't get caught. And yet my wife would know within the first five syllables out of my mouth on the phone if I had been drinking. And yet... You know, same with when I call Renee and it's like, you know, but I was oblivious to this because I was knee deep in it, but being able to focus on myself and really focus on my recovery for the last 16 months that I've been sober, it's been, again, like, like you said, it's been that silver lining to be able to be home with your daughter, focus and, you know, be that support group. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a question for you about, you know, cause look, obviously there is, on, on the on the on the spectrum of what people know in the in like you know public um, and you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know there's anorexia and there's bulimia mm-hmm. you know those are the two sides of the coin. Um, do you think that there is uh, like obviously it still stems from the same thing that body dysmorphia, that feeling less than or whatever mm-hmm. the, you know low self-esteem, whatever it is, outside influence do you think between the two of them that there is one kind of outweighs the other or that they are kind of parallel they're just different you know forms of
0: are there different levels you mean
3: different or, or, or like just different forms of the same thing yeah. one is not eating and one is eating and binging and purging I mean that is really which essentially it's kind of the same thing if you think about it yeah one I you're mean, not eating at all you're hurting yourself you're know,
6: psychologically from what i understand um anorexia is based more on perfectionism um -hmm. control like those kinds of things where bulimia is more often recognized as part of some sort of self-loathing like i am going to punish myself now like i did this
0: and it made me feel good and that i didn't deserve that so now i will feel bad um, so to be anorexic, like, do you have to look anorexic or is it a disease? It's a disease. Or it's is a it, disease. It's a disease. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, someone could be starving themselves and you may not see that, right, right. from the outside, mm-hmm. but you would still be considered anorexic. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes.
4: The best of,
7: hey! Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again
3: So, in the world of AA and NA and CA and Coda and sex, love, and relationship addiction, there is OA, which is Overeaters Anonymous. Right now, is there a is there something for a community, the anorexic support. and and the bulimic support group? Because obviously, OA. I mean it's it's still a form of an eating disorder because you mm-hmm. are using food as a coping me- mm-hmm. mechanism um you know they basically go through the same 12 step program that you know myself and Renee have been through or I'm still going through um and you just replace alcohol with food but yep. is there what what types of support groups are there that you've seen for the eating disorder world or is it do
0: you recommend
6: well I don't know for the adult world and I frankly hope not to find out much about what Mm, comes on first eating disorders. I I try to be grateful for everything that has happened in our lives and one thing I do have gratitude for. Unfortunately this affected our family. Fortunately it gave us a really long runway to get her healthy. So Mm. um you know she won't be an adult for another year. And so that means that we as a family have another year of just like loving her up and getting her whatever support we need, we can get to her. Um, but in terms of her teenage peers, like, thank God for Snapchat and text groups. And because everywhere along the way, she's picked up other kids who all want to be well and, you know, have like their own little Snapchat support groups, et cetera. Um, I get a little nervous because they're teenagers and I'm like, where's this conversation going to be or two? But, um, but she also, you know, a, she sees a dietician um, once every two weeks, a therapist every week, and they have group also. So, okay. You know, zoom yeah. you can zoom in from wherever you can zoom in if you haven't been in a year and you just feel like you need a little extra support. Like Yeah, and you, you are know.
0: really who you hang out with, right? Yeah. Like it's important to have that support you system. Know? I like I, I like what you really said quick. about sorry,
3: really really, really quick, Cher Bear. I like that you said what you said about the social media aspect of things mm-hmm. because that would be the first thing that would scare me mm-hmm. um, if my kids were going through it. Because again, social media, you know, a lot of kids like they base their existence on the people they follow, what they look like, how they eat, how they drink, how they dress, what they say. Um, But there is the other side of social media, like you just said, which is, you know, being able to find people that you can relate to that are going through the same thing and you form your own little group. I mean, we, we, myself and Renee, found a guy who's on TikTok who goes by Viking Tower um, (laughs) who has a child who is transgender. And Mm so, you know, and that being said, was able to reach out to other people in the LGBTQ community. And then we had him on the show to help promote equality and to show that we are a huge support for that community. So, again, there is a good side to social media, yeah. in retrospect, mm-hmm. you know, based yes. on what you're saying, which is a good thing. So um, go ahead. If Sharon, you have a
0: friend, if you have like a friend or like a coworker who you know is bulimic or anorexic, how would you do, or do you even approach that person every time? <laughs>
6: yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean uh, my, my daughter has gone through that experience of just, you know, notice we notice now we notice mm-hmm. if someone is pushing that food around a plate or seems to have dropped weight or seems to be under the weather or what have you. Um, um, I feel like it's part of my job to give back to the people that did it for us. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were teachers that were concerned about her mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, her friends, you know, Four of her seventh grade friends went to the vice principal and said, our friend is throwing her food away every every day and we don't know what to do. And and it Uh makes us
0: scared. Um, Those are good friends. How about from adult to adult? Like what if I had a friend that was showing signs? What would I do?
6: I, I would couch it as a as a coach. I would couch it as I want to ask you a couple of questions and and I and this is just coming from my own experience and my own thoughts and I'm certainly not trying to put anything on you but I want you to know this is what I'm observing and I'm here you know okay like that person it's their own journey and yeah. I, I mean my daughter lied and lied and lied and is ashamed of that at this point but she was only ready to talk about it when she was ready to talk about it. That's it, right.
1: yes. You know, I um, my Thank experience, uh, like I've said, I've been to rehab a bunch of times, and there were a lot of dual diagnosis rehabs where people were eating disorders, uh, depression, bipolarity. And um, for me, I feel like my hat's off, first of all, to to your daughter. I'm glad she's doing well. Mm-hmm. Thank but you. the one the one thing that I would hear, it's like, I look, I stay away from drugs and alcohol. I don't put myself in places right where there's drugs or alcohol. But someone with an eating disorder has to face their demons three times a day, right? Six
6: s- meals s- and, oh, snacks. Oh, okay. and snacks. Meals. <laughs> yes. so, s-
1: six times, right? For yeah. us, it, for us, it would be like hanging out in a barber shop and mm-hmm. not get our hair cut, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, or like a it's, bar and not drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, being surrounded by it. So the challenges that must come with that, and I'm, I'm just glad that she has a community because mm-hmm. I know for myself, if I tried to stay sober on my own, I I wouldn't be sober today, right? Yeah. It's, it's being around like-minded individuals, and we look at each other. Sometimes we don't need to say anything. We look at each other, understand each other, and we also get to share our crazy thoughts with each other. And it's like, oh, I had the same thought. You know yeah. I mean? And yeah. you feel less alone, right? Because yeah. disorders and diseases of these nature, it, it, I'll speak about alcoholism. It's been said that alcoholism is a disease of loneliness, right? Mm-hmm. Where you feel so separate from the world. You feel you don't belong. All these things, you know? And so... More, I don't have a question other than I'm so glad your daughter's doing well. I do believe it's a very difficult thing to, you know, face and, and then overcome one day at a time. That's all we can do, but right? Just take like it one day at a time.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so. Thank, thank you. And I think it's a combination, it's probably your experience too, of she has her support groups where she needs them. And then she's also got a couple of friends who have never wrestled with eating disorders who are able, and, and in her experience, which has been nice, a couple of them are really good guy friends. So, yeah. you know, she's got these dudes that are like, eat the ice cream, let's go. Right. Oh, and, yeah. and it's just a different vibe for her. You know, it's, she knows that, that it's like done out of love and they're, you know just these like right. silly high school dudes that are supporting her but without mm-hmm. putting too much of a spotlight on her And, um, and not so enabling
1: to, her right yeah, yes, not exactly. enabling not her enabling. not not saying oh you don't want the ice cream yeah. don't eat the ice cream they Do know you think that it they-
0: also matters like what you're watching on TV and like your extracurricular activities after so, school
6: so unfortunately sports are out for her okay. it just was um it was just too much but Sugar. she does yoga with me great uh, and now she's on like the newspaper staff and now I've, I'm like, fine, you can get on the Peloton and, you know, but um, I'm, 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 I'm watching. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely. And, and I think for her, she has a job. So, you know, a lot of her friends are, are doing athletics and she's, you know, kicking butt at this cute little hardware store that has an amazing gift shop. And, you know, she's like learning other things and it's taking up her time. So, so I,
3: a question I have, so like I shared with you earlier, my mom's a life coach. Um, you know, back when she started life coaching, I was still kind of up and down on again, off again, sober, not sober. And one of the, one of the biggest issues for me, which we have since resolved Mm -hmm. was, you know, when she would call me, And we would have a conversation if I wasn't doing great. Are you talking to me as a life coach or are you talking to me as my mom? Because Uh there's a, there's a real fine gray area there. And I, you know, I, I could tell when it was the life coach coming out and then I could tell when it was my mom, has it been a challenge for you to separate the two or, or has it just been straight up mom mode? Since Straight up, this mom. This whole road. thing started
6: for Good. sure. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes hysterical, mom. But
3: because <laughs> <you know>, <laughs> it's I just mean,
6: like yeah. you're terrified, and yeah. and and you feel helpless, and nobody nobody told me, you know. And I, I put something on my Instagram a couple of months ago. It was you know little six month old her in a bathtub and me smiling, and I'm like, I would have never known what was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no manual with kids, um, so I think. I don't think she would ever accuse me of having attempted to coach her <laughs> through, well, through any well, of this. Yeah.
3: No, so, which is, you know, which, which then leads me to my next question. What, how, well, first of all, how long have you been doing the life coaching and what, what attracted you to that, that line of, you know, work? Was it, was it your daughter or was it just something even before then that yeah. you were so, um, just, yeah,
0: like what? You were also a matchmaker, right? At one time. I was a yes. matchmaker
6: for a little bit. Yeah. Um okay. but I, and my day job, I'm a recruiter. I, I mm-hmm. head up recruiting for a tech startup in, in San Francisco that does bathroom remodeling. Mm-hmm. Um so um, but I was I'm attracted to coaching and I wanted to fold that into my life because I really like talking to people. And I what I love about coaching is that the fundamentals of being a coach rather than being a therapist is that you know that whomever you're talking to has all of their own answers and you're just kind of here as a vessel to help mm-hmm. right. formulate the right questions to get to where that person needs to be how about so,
3: and you have like a plethora of clients of, of all walks of life i'm assuming right like
6: mainly other mothers oh it's, that's yeah, great yeah. Actually, I mean, mothers I need you Small client list right now. I, I I I have hired 170 people over the last 11 months for my job, and so
0: coaching. Has taken a back burner, but my plan is that it will be a lot more in the forefront. As I think you know, that's the hard. On. I think that thank God for you because I think that's the hard part, especially for mothers, is to have that relationship with their daughters. I know that, you know, my mom was very and still is very obsessed about her body and weight and always on diets. And I remember when this came out, her intention was all great, but she did like put me on the South Beach diet. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. she just like. But that was her showing love, and it wasn't necessarily telling me that I am overweight, but it was just her being worried, and I wish I would have known that. I've been in intense therapy, which is the reason why I'm not in um – i mean it's not the reason but like it's part of the reason why i'm not in the 12-step program but Mm i like i've been in consistent therapy for so many years and i just remember having such a big problem with that because i was like mom does my mom think i'm fat you know like putting me on a diet and to have someone like you around um i wish you were around (laughs) back then you probably were i just didn't know you um Mm -hmm. i think it helps to have that open communication i think that is so important
1: yeah yeah i have two questions
3: Sorry, really quick, just to piggyback what you said, Cheryl, because I I just want a lot of parents to hear this especially, is because I know my wife and I now do it, in my opinion, the right way. We weren't for a while, which is, you know, our kids are sponges. They absorb every bit of information that they hear, especially from mom and dad, Mm -hmm. who they are supposed to admire and look up to. Um, And so, you know, my... My wife, like I said, grew up with body body issues and is now taking the initiative and she's working on herself to make herself feel better about herself and I've even dealt with body dysmorphia as well um so back a few months, even a year ago, that you know we would always be talking in the kitchen candidly about oh so i'm 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 down five pounds this week, okay good, you know i I got it. And then next thing you know, like I'm, I'm talking about being on a diet, even mm-hmm. though I know in my mind what that means. It just means don't eat crap. It means eat healthy things like eat your vegetables and eat your protein and this, that, and the other. But then all of a sudden I started noticing my kids, well, I'm not going to have that daddy. I'm on a diet too. And it's <laughs> like, oh crap. No, 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 no. You're yeah no diet. No, no, no. So exactly. again, stress that to all the parents out there to just be cautious of be what cautious. you say mm-hmm. around your kids. Because yeah. again, you're a huge influence mm-hmm. on your children. Yeah,
6: absolutely. So. I had, I had some guilt because you know, her dad and I had split up and I, I've never been a dieter, but I would do like a three day cleanse every now and then or you know whatever. And, um, so I definitely felt like it was, partly just her watching me or did we stress her because our marriage didn't work out or what have you. And we ended up having a therapy session, you know, probably two years ago. And she said, when I think about it, it, it's always been there. It's, it's something that I just know that I would have had to deal with no matter what, like whether you and daddy were married or not, et cetera, et cetera, which was a really nice gift for me. I've lost a lot of sleep over the last four years. So, um, you know, just to be able to get to the point where I could ask her that question rather than beating myself up every, every night was helpful.
1: Along the same lines of you, you said earlier in the podcast, you said, uh, you didn't choose it. It chose you. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I'm sure, you know, like you're, you're an awesome parent. You must've had to suddenly start Learning about stuff you never thought you'd have to learn about. That that said, uh, you also said you're not the first and you won't be the last. And unfortunately, we know right now, as we speak, there's a lot of parents dealing with it right now. Uh Along along the way in your journey, what could you tell parents? What are the do's and don'ts? Like, what did you do that you later on found out you shouldn't have done? or if anything, and, and what were the things maybe people while you were learning about it, that they said, this is the way you approach someone with anorexia?
6: Yeah. Um, great question that I would say that the two things that I feel like I did right was one trying to take that shame piece away from her. She's very upfront about what she's been through with people. Um, and also, we hit it really hard. As soon as we knew, you know, one of our first therapists said, and if it's not eradicated, this is whack-a-mole. And if it's not eradicated completely, it, it's not gone. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's Mm -hmm. why I still portion out her snacks. I still like drop into her work and make sure that she's had lunch, um, those kinds of things. So that's my main advice when I get on the phone with Mm -hmm. parents who I've never met before is just, active. yeah, like get, get into it, make your kid uncomfortable, like get to a dietician. It doesn't, that is, it's way more important for them to be pissed off at you now than, you know, in right. a whole, when they're 21 and you mm-hmm. have no control anymore.
4: Exactly. Um,
6: yeah. Um, and what not I to I could do. probably think of a million things that, <laughs> that, I, <laughs> that I shouldn't have done, but. Um, um, well,
1: I can give you an example. Like for us, we're taught uh, with newcomers, what? we can't chase them around right? Uh We can't chase them around. Sometimes it's, it's harder. Sounds like this is a little different what you're saying. So there are do's and don'ts. And what would you strongly suggest that a parent not do?
6: Um, So I would say, especially at first, I would, if she was irrational and angry, I was angry back. And Mm -hmm. that is not ever going to get you anywhere.
1: That's a good one. Um, Right
6: yeah it's just it's like it's fighting with someone who it's probably fighting with someone who is on a substance right yes, like yes they're not really there so exactly. um i i certainly could have handled certain situations better from that standpoint um and that was just straight up terror like
4: yeah
6: what is happening um yeah. and and so
1: it's your again, daughter it's your daughter and you yeah. feel like she's drowning yeah. Right. You feel like she's drowning. So that's a really good thing. What you, what you just said is avoiding confrontation because mm-hmm. it, it, there's no upside to it, right? It just yeah. leads to an
3: argument. Yeah. You go in like, circles and circles and just circles. Just be a good listener, insist- would you say? Yeah. Nothing's yeah. going to be accomplished. Take
6: yeah. a breath. Realize the moment's going to pass. Like you're going to get the calories into this child somehow. Like that last bite of pasta doesn't have to be the hill that you die on. You know. Oh, right.
3: Yeah. So. So I have a question. This is an interesting little uh, tidbit that our amazing producers uh, let let us in on, which is, mm-hmm. you know, Demi Lovato. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot of people know about her struggles with addiction as well as with an eating disorder. Um, you know, and she is they're in the process of doing a show, mm-hmm. uh, a TV show called Hungry, um, which. Uh, Or doing a pilot for this show called Hungry, which follows a bunch of people uh, that have food issues, like and this food issue support group. Um, you know, do you think something like this is a good idea, or do you think this is just going to continue to add to the stigma that is already attached to the term eating disorder? I mean, in your in your mom opinion and in your uh, professional opinion, what do you think? Would you let your you daughter know? watch that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Not
6: until I watch it. Right. <laughs> Not. Yeah. I would watch it first. Um, but I, I do think that with someone young and authentic, like Demi Lovato appears to be, um, I have high hopes that it's going to provide comfort to people who have had issues with food. Like, Ideally, with somebody like her at the helm, it's going to be able to explore the issue in a way that makes people feel like, oh, someone has been there. I, Someone understands me. So right. that's what I would hope for. And I would assume that she's not going to let it become, you know, a barrage of eating disorder jokes or what have you. Uh, Cheryl, you asked a couple minutes ago, you know, do you think like what people are watching is impactful? I mean, Absolutely one of my very favorite movies is first wives club with you know goldie yeah, hahn I love and that movie right but love i remember it. there's one line where bett midler says to sarah jessica parker like oh your anorexia is working out well and i wouldn't let avery watch that movie until like six months ago because i was so scared that that one line yeah was was gonna just put her back you know right. and, and so i was like okay there's but there's two Instances where they talk about body image.
0: Once here, once here. She's like, "It's okay, I'm I'm okay." But but you're right though, because like people look up to just Sarah Jessica Parker and they're like, "She's drop dead gorgeous." And do Mm -hmm. I have to look like that to be where she is and be successful? And absolutely. I mean, I watched Pretty Woman when I was a little girl, which was probably not appropriate, but still, like you just want to be that person when you're young. Mm -hmm. And it it really is an influence. You know what? It goes. Goes
1: back to what you said earlier, and Cheryl, you've brought this up before, which is perfectionism. Sounds mm-hmm. like a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't perfectionism mm-hmm. sound sounds like you're productive? Oh, I want to I <laughs> hire that person yeah, because, right? right. Yeah. But yeah. it's deadly. It is deadly, and we're living in a culture, a society right now where everything's photoshopped, mm-hmm. everything's filtered, every, every background is selected. Uh, mm-hmm. look, I mean, l- I'm guilty look, of it, you guys.
0: I'm, I filter myself all the time and i also you know it's pretty bad
1: and you know the truth is right the truth is is this has been going on for a long time whether it's high fashion what what the models are they're tall and they're this and that and it's being told that this is what perfection is Mm -hmm. and so if you're a perfectionist the 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 truth is there is no perfection right Mm -hmm. let's get that out of the way there is no perfection but These young kids that are involved in social media, uh, that are watching television shows, all these different TikToks, it it really is promoting a falsehood, right? A falsehood that nobody can actually attain. Nobody can get to these places. Uh, uh, And then the kids, not just the kids that are viewing it, the kids that are doing it are afraid to go in public because they don't look the way mm-hmm. their image, right. their doctored yeah. image looks, you know? Yeah. So, oh, about those
4: so I,
0: too.
1: I do think yep. social media is something we're all going to have to keep a really strong mm-hmm. eye on oh, with oh, our no, kids. Sure. Especially. This is why I
0: stopped. I don't even look at it anymore. No, I can't. You, I totally
3: yeah. agree. But then, you know, on the upside, you've got people like Ashley Graham and people like Lizzo yes. that are we like, more yo, mm-hmm. yeah. we need more of that. You know, mm-hmm. now there is you know, Fashion Week in Paris now has a runway show yeah. filled with plus-size women, Even and it's online, like you, look, showing, you shop online yes. and they're way
0: better about it. Exactly, than they used it's to like be. you
3: know. Yeah. We yes, I think we need more outspoken women and men, both, yeah. that are not the cookie-cutter Barbie Different doll, picture-perfect. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. stigma that that's what you're supposed to look like. You can go as far back to Jane Mansfield and Marilyn Monroe and Betty Page, they were not like twigs per se. They were voluptuous, curvy women. And they were what, back then, what the ideal woman was to to look like. Somewhere along the way, you know, it shifted to, you know. I I uh, think
1: uh, what you just said, AJ, the ideal, there is no ideal that's, I think what needs to Mm -hmm. like be put out there constantly. There is no ideal, you know, there is no like, okay, here's ideal. And if you, 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 you move away from that, you better work on yourself. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing.
6: Yeah. Completely. There's a, um, I forget which Peloton instructor it is, but there's a Peloton instructor that says you can be a work in progress and a masterpiece at the same time. And I was like, yes, I'm yes. Like get in here, kids. <laughs> yes,
3: I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes, it's true. It's very true. Um, you Thank know, you so much. Yeah. Is just before we let you go, is there anything <laughs> that you want to say um, to you know parents out there or to anyone that may be struggling with food issues yeah. of any kind, or may um, think that it, they are know, but they can't admit? Or, yeah. It. Or yeah. Is there anything that you want to want to uh, say before we let you go?
6: Yes, so you're not alone, um, and there's nothing wrong with you. It's uh, it's part of our our experience as humans. We all go through our own traumas. Um, I personally, like I've mentioned, I have had phone calls with people all over the country that I have never met, that I will never meet, about this subject when it comes to themselves or their kids. So. I personally am available if anybody would want to talk about themselves or a family member um, that they're concerned about. But just How like any, get a hold of you. Um, I could, uh, I can give you a phone number or an email address yeah, yeah, not right now. <laughs> yeah, yes, not on the <laughs> or air, on but yes, or, yeah. social media. Yeah, what's your Instagram yeah. handle? Yeah, uh, I'm. Um, oh my gosh, I'm uh, at amy A-M-I-E, dot y u d i c e it. We'll add that in the
3: description. Yeah, That's a tongue twister and, right there.
6: Yeah. Ooh. And if you, um if you all want to, Avery made a little video and I can send it yeah. to the producers. If you guys would want to see just something she did for school about
4: of course. eating
6: disorders. Absolutely. But I, I think mainly it's like you have one life. Uh, this, this cannot be good for you or your loved one. If you think that there's somebody that's hurting and in trouble and there's so many ways to get support. So um I have some ideas and, and certainly would, you know, Pass along the list to anyone who's hurting. Um, and I do want to just take a second. I was having a really weepy, emotional day yesterday. And I was driving down the street, talking to a friend at a stoplight. And I hear, mama. And it's my daughter standing, you know, it, downtown. We live in Marin County, California. And she she's like, are you okay? And, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And she was holding a gigantic cookie, standing on the street corner by herself. And I, I just thought like, I've been thinking about meeting with all of you and just our journey. And so the fact that I got to see that visual was just incredibly gratifying. So that's beautiful. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Keep doing some great work. Seriously. Yes, thank you so much thank for you. being here.
6: Thank you all. Thank it was so you. nice to meet you. Nice
3: Likewise. Meet you and, uh, we are very, very glad that your daughter is doing much better yes. and, uh, Send her continued, our continued success on the journey. And thank you so much. Yep. Have a good day, y'all. To you. Thank Thanks you. Thanks, Amy. Cheers. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we are going to answer one of your amazing emails. So stay tuned.
5: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver.
7: From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again
3: And we are back on Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio. We, as we have always said to you guys, we love, 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 love when you send us your emails with your questions for one of us, all of us. Um, And again, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button and give us five stars. We love you for doing that. We really do. Um, So we have an email from Veronica uh, who says, my best friend who is an alcoholic, has an eight-year-old daughter. He is separated from her mother and no longer sees her every day. He wants to be a good dad, is doing the best he can. I thought it might be time for him to, to talk to his daughter about what's going on with him, and maybe children's books would be a good place to start. There are several books for kids with an alcoholic parent. Have you had any experience with any of them?
0: Well, I had an alcoholic parent um, who has now passed. My father was an alcoholic and I have to say, you know, my mom put me in therapy right away. So I've been in therapy since I was a little girl. As far as, um, you know, I think it's, it's, I can't even imagine, uh, you know, I guess having that conversation. I was so small. I was two years old, um, at the time when my mom and dad, separated. Um but my mom still made it very I guess clear that she wanted me to have a good relationship with my father. She never badmouthed my father not once to me, which helped um even the whole drinking problem. It was um you know, I asked questions, but you know, she was basically just trying to stay as positive as possible but then yet telling me at the same time that this is not good for you type thing. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I can only talk from personal experience. So, I mean, look, I don't,
3: you know, I, uh, as far as books for kids with an alcoholic parent, um, I'm sure that there are plenty of books out mm-hmm. there um, that might help a child somewhat better understand what their mom or dad is going through. Um, but really, at the end of the day, I think it's, It's about communication. I think it's about sitting down with your child. And I know I've already, you know, to a certain degree uh, of understanding, I've explained to both my daughters what an alcoholic is. Um, I've explained to them that, you know, daddy cannot drink alcohol um, because daddy changes when he drinks alcohol. Um, you know, sometimes daddy gets silly and funny, but sometimes daddy gets angry and sad. And I would much rather be the happy, silly, angry, sad, sober dad than the other alternative. So I think just, you know, having open communication with your kids, um, if you are suffering from the disease of alcoholism, um, or addiction of any kind is key. Um, you know, obviously, based on how old your kid is, you know, you may have to kind of finate, you know, fin, finesse it a little bit um, for them to really understand. But I, I'm sure that there are books out there for kids to read. Um, just like I've seen children's books now with same-sex parents that are in the book, so I'm sure that there's books out there where maybe. You know, one of the parents might be a little sick and how the family works through it.
0: So But there's but yeah. nothing like direct communication, I
3: think. Yeah, nothing nothing like direct communication for me. Were they
1: were they did the email say that it might be time for the dad to talk to the daughter? He wants about, to be a good dad and yes. he's doing the best. He, he wants, wants to be a, a good dad, good dad mm-hmm. but is he in recovery or is he still drinking? Well,
3: it's just no. She just says that, you he know. I thought it might be time for him to talk to his daughter about what's going on with him. And maybe children's books would be a good place to start. There are several they- books for kids with an alcoholic parent. Yeah. They, I know I, what
0: you're alluding to. Yeah. yeah I was going to
1: say, maybe he should get a book and stop drinking. You know I mean, if he wants to be a good dad, I don't yeah. mean to make light of it, but seriously, it's like getting her a book by the dad and he keeps drinking is yeah. not going to help a lot other than the mom should tell the, daughter your dad is sick right. uh and he needs to get well and hopefully at some point along the way uh, dad will wake up to the idea that alcohol is affecting his family you know yeah
0: and take responsibility that's the best option actually i yeah. side with you renee yeah. and i completely
1: I don't, I don't, agree and the truth is i don't know a book uh, I, don't I don't know a children's book i don't know how you would approach it uh through a book. I mean, I guess I could see how a book could be written. I just don't know of one, but I would Maybe just love to. Maybe you should write en- one. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, I mean, who but knows? I would just love to encourage the dad we're speaking of that, like, you can do this. You can stop. Yeah. You know, yeah. You yeah can Veronica's stop. best friend uh, is the we, dad. Yeah. We, we know what it's like. Uh, both AJ and I, you know, have kids and. It's the most wonderful gift you could give your child is to be sober and present and not enslaved by drugs and alcohol.
3: A hundred percent. So Veronica, thank you so much for your question. And again, anyone that wants to send us their questions and or comments, you can email us at PMU at iHeartRadio.com, capital PMU at iHeartRadio.com. So again, thank you guys. Uh, We want to thank our amazing guest, Amy. Uh, for coming on the show and um, we wish her and her family the best of luck moving forward and um, you guys out there listening stay safe, stay happy love yourself, love your neighbor and uh, we will see you guys next time on Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio. Cheers. Peace. Follow Pretty
5: Messed Up on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: To getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the
1: podcast Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed.